We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hey, you're listening to the November 30th College Football Show, a road of his radio podcast. I'm Kyle Pollock on Twitter at Kyle Pollock FF, and joining me is my co-host, Jordan Hoover, on Twitter at jhoover9787. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Kyle. We're, we're on the precipice of championship week. We got some pretty massive uh, games coming up this weekend that we're going to run down, and um, we're recording a couple days later than normal, so we're sort of in the midweek news cycle. So we're probably going to touch on a little bit of the coaching carousel that's been going on over the last couple of days as well. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to get into it. Yeah, a lot of, certainly a lot of off the field news, just in terms of uh, the coaching carousel, like you said. Um, I feel like it kind of even overshadowed last weekend when we had the number one and two teams in the country lose. And that was almost like an afterthought come Sunday which was which was pretty crazy. And like you said, championship week, uh, a lot of top 10 matchups, and a lot of rematches too. Um, I guess first we can kind of just jump into the games uh, from last weekend. Uh, you know, the, the big one uh, from the weekend, probably, I don't, I don't think it was an upset really per se, but uh, number one, Alabama uh, did fall to Auburn. Uh, Auburn was at home. They ended up rushing the field after the game. I believe the final score, I'm pulling it up quick. I think it was 26 to 14, though. Um, Jared Stidham looked really good in this game. He was the one I was impressed with a lot. Carry um, on Johnson left with an injury for Auburn. He's kind of questionable right now for the uh, SEC championship game against Georgia this upcoming week. Um, 
but Stidham was kind of the one that made a lot of the plays for uh, Auburn. He had a 16-yard rushing touchdown uh, to kind of put them ahead and put them over the edge. Uh, on Johnson had 104 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Davis also had 11 catches um, for Auburn. I believe he became the all-time reception leader in a season for them in the game. Um, other than that, not a lot to take away from me on the Auburn side. Other than that, their defense is legit. They were really able to shut down Alabama's rushing attack, which you know I expected them to be able to handle them, but not to shut them down in the fashion that they did. Um, so that's what I was really impressed with. I knew they were able to do that against Georgia, but I want to see it again. Um, and I believe in them now. Um, I think they're certainly, you know, I don't know if they're top four team in the country just on their resume, but in terms of talent, I don't think there's really a doubt in my mind that they're a top four team. Um, so like I kind of touched on briefly, they're going to have a big matchup with Georgia this weekend, rematch in the SEC championship game after they killed them early in the season. So should kind of be interesting to see if they can uh, – do that performance kind of repeat last week's performance against Alabama and repeat what they did earlier in the season to Georgia. Yeah. And, and this game obviously was played in Jordan Hare um, home game for Auburn, but it, it, you know, what, what really struck me about this game watching it was this was what this was, it's been a really long time since I can remember seeing an Alabama football team look discombobulated and just kind of like lost and, and, just disorganized because that's something that you just generally don't see with Alabama, even on the road, even against, you know, tough competition. They generally are always look like they're pretty in sync, but there were a couple times watching this game where they just were completely just not on the same page. There were a couple really bad botched snaps in one series, I think two in a row where they basically lost 20, 30 yards from botched snaps. And that's just something that you don't see from a Nick Saban coach team. Um, it's always details with them. So that was pretty striking for me watching. Um, I think you hit on most of the key parts um, and, and we'll get to uh, the Auburn Georgia game in, in a little bit, but that carry on Johnson injury, I think is pretty massive because I think that although he was kind of bottled up in this game, he hit hundred yards, but it took him 30 carries to get there. Um, you know, I think that he's the type of talent that could swing a game almost on his own. And I think that his availability is going to be a really big, um, a key piece in determining how this game, how the SEC championship is going to play out. But uh, overall, you know, it was a great win for Auburn. Um, But Alabama with just one loss is not, you know, they're not eliminated from the playoff just yet. So uh, we could still be hearing some more from Bama eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess while we're kind of on the topic of the SEC, um, that's the only other SEC game we're going to, uh, you know, SEC matchup we're going to talk about this week in terms of uh, recaps. I guess we can kind of just touch on what happened uh, after that game in terms of coaching with uh, the SEC. Um, Dan Mullen left Mississippi State for Florida, uh, former Urban Meyer coach. He was his offensive coordinator under, with Tim Tebow. Uh, obviously had Dak Prescott at Mississippi State, so kind of a big get for them after uh, Chip Kelly and Scott Frost turned uh, Florida down. Uh, to fill the Mississippi State vacancy, Penn State offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead got the job last night. Um, he hasn't announced a lot of his staff yet, but I think that's a, a good fit for them. Uh, it should be interesting to see what he can do with Nick Fitzgerald. And Tennessee still doesn't have a coach. Um, they had a coach on Sunday, and then uh, something, some things went down. They don't have a coach anymore, um, so they're still searching. Uh, I saw some stuff that I think Jeff Brown from Purdue might have 
turned them down today, um, which which isn't a great look for them. Uh, they already got turned down by David Cutcliffe from Duke, Mike Gundy. Um, I know Chad Morris interviewed. I, I hadn't heard if he turned them down uh, from SMU, former Clemson offensive coordinator. That's the only SEC job still open as of now. Um, I, I don't see any others opening up unless, you know, a coordinator or something leaves for Tennessee um, from an SEC school. But that that program is um, is a mess right now, and I think it's going to take them a while to recover from this. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, they obviously had a very disappointing season this year, and it's kind of a disaster. But I, I just – how did it get this toxic this quick? Like, it's, it's insane. I mean, the – it's still, you know, say what you want, but they still have a devoted fan base. They do. They have. Oh, they have a devoted fan uh, base. Hey, I mean, whether that's good or bad, you know, for up to your mm-hmm. interpretation, but they uh, they are devoted. I will say that. And, um, you know, expectations are extremely high, maybe unrealistically high, which I guess could potentially push some uh, candidates maybe away from the job. Um, but, you know, someone is going to take the job, right? eventually <laughs> i mean, I mean somebody, <laughs> somebody has to peyton manning can swoop in is it john gruden i mean i don't know like maybe someone from the espn set someone's got to someone's got to be on there eventually but um yeah but like you said i i you know i really do like the uh the joe moorhead signing you and i we've we've watched plenty of uh penn state football uh since he's since he came on board and i think what he's done with that offense um was pretty remarkable considering the situation and the circumstances. And I think that he'll do a fine job uh, stepping up into the SEC. And um, Dan Mullen is another interesting fit. I think that Florida is another program, again, that they have such amazing access to the recruits, um, the the name recognition, the brand, the fan base. Um, They really just need the right guy to kind of pull the trigger. Now, whether that'll be Mullen I don't know, but I think that it's definitely a, a positive hire is how I would um, how I would classify that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just touching on Moorhead real quick. Um, I know a lot of coordinator hires don't usually work out. Um, guys like Kirby Smart and Dabo Sweeney are kind of the exception. Um, but Moorhead does have previous head coaching experience. He was able to take a 1-10 Fordham team, and in his last year there, they finished 11-1, were a top FCS team. Um so that's a guy who, you know, I think he could be another one of those exceptions. I, he knows how to run a program. He's done it before. Um, so I think that was kind of, you know, I think both that and the Florida were both kind of home run hires um, in my eyes. Um, getting back to the recaps from last week, uh, 12 o'clock game. We had the game, Ohio State uh, knocked off Michigan rally to knock them off 31-20. Um, obviously, the MVP of this game was Dwayne Haskins, without a doubt. <laughs> Everybody knows he was. Um, JT Barrett left the game in the third quarter after sustaining like a weird camera injury with his, his patella. It's, it's Barrett. It's, it's Cameragate, man. Hashtag yeah, Cameragate. And, and I'm pretty sure Mike Weber also. I, Mike Weber posted a picture that he also got banged up by a camera guy. There's some like Nancy Kerrigan stuff going on, I think. I don't know. Some, I saw I saw Gene Smith called off Urban Meyer's search today of the camera guy. Though, so you know whoever's whoever's out there, uh, you're, you're in the clear. Urban's not coming after you. But um, Haskins did come in. He was actually the leading passer for um, Ohio State. He was six for seven, ninety four yards. Uh, had a really nice throw to Austin Mack um, into into double coverage, kind of fit it in between that window. Um, also had twenty four rushing yards. 
J.K. Dobbins looked good, 101 yards and a touchdown. Barrett did have 67 yards and a touchdown for um, Ohio State. Uh, on the Michigan side, John O'Corn um, was was John O'Corn. Uh, he threw a, a back-breaking interception uh, on one of the last drives of the game to kind of put it away for Ohio State. Um, th- this was kind of a weird game. It didn't instill a lot of confidence in me with Ohio State. Um, it'll be interesting to see them face Wisconsin this week. I think they're a team that, if they win, I kind of have a hard time seeing them jump all the way up from number eight to number four and getting into the playoffs. Um, it's happened before, but they're a team that I feel like if they knock out Wisconsin, that's a spot where a team like Alabama could potentially, you know, sneak back in and, and kind of back their way into the playoffs. Yeah, the only – what do you think about this? Say say in hypothetical land, Earth 2. Our favorite land. My the place that I'm I'm moving to shortly if things keep going the way they're going. But <laughs> TCU say TCU beats Oklahoma, which is entirely possible. We're both on Team Baker, but that's entirely possible. Um, and then say Ohio State, you know, say they win by two touchdowns. Do they then climb all the way back up? That's kind of the only scenario I can see. Is Oklahoma kind of needs to be pushed out of the way. Does that make Oklahoma, sense? I think Oklahoma might still make it if they even, even if, they, if lose, they lose. I think they still have a shot to, you know, they, they knocked off TCU in the regular season. They knocked off Ohio State convincingly at home. Um, their only slip up was, you know, to Iowa State, and it was I believe it was only by seven points. You know, Ohio State got crushed by Oklahoma, got throttled by Iowa. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a hard. It's time. a long road. It's yeah, it's definitely it's, a long road, but I, you know. I think they have a better shot of jumping Alabama than they do Oklahoma personally, just because, especially with the head-to-head factor. Um, you know, if a team like Clemson loses, could they jump a one-loss Miami? Maybe. I think that's possible, but you know, that, that's kind of to be seen. Um, I think talent-wise, this is an Ohio State team that kind of similar to Auburn, probably a top-four talent team in the country. It's just. They're also pretty young, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and if, if Barrett's banged up or if you don't get good JT Barrett, um, like, you know, like you don't always get, um, they're, they're a team that can struggle a little bit. Yeah, and I think I read that Barrett is has, ta- has been talking like he's planning on playing. Now, I have no idea what, you know, at what percentage health-wise he'll be, and that's definitely going to be a storyline going into the game. Um, I think – you know, I honestly think they need all healthy hands on deck to be able to beat Wisconsin. Um, so, yeah, that's that's shaping up to be a pretty interesting matchup, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no coaching news in the Big Ten to speak on as of right now. Um, don't think any will open up unless Jeff Brown does end up going to Tennessee. Um, which case, I don't, I have no idea who Purdue would look at. Um, Penn State OC job is open. Not totally sure who's going to take that at this point. Um, moving on to the team we just touched on, Oklahoma knocked off West Virginia 59-31. Um, Baker Mayfield was honored pregame uh, when his teammates brought his jersey out to midfield um, since he was unable to play after his, his antics against uh Against Kansas, um, it was a little memorial service, I guess, they had for him out at midfield before the game. Um, he didn't disappoint. He never does. 281 yards, three touchdowns, 14 for 17. Uh, also, 
that was about it. Didn't do a lot rushing. Um, I was happy to see Kyler Murray. Um, he, he looked really impressive on that first drive. Had a really long run, uh, 66 yards. Kyler Murray had 80 yards rushing, 52 yards passing, and a touchdown. Um, and Rodney Anderson, again, I know um, you know we've been touching on him briefly, but over the, the last half of the season, I don't know if there was a, a better back in the country than Rodney Anderson. Um, he had 118 yards, four touchdowns in this game. Uh, also, also had. Did he have any catches in this game? He did not have any catches this game. But um, you know, he he's been extremely impressive down the stretch with with him, Trey Sermon, both coming back. Um, that's probably going to negate the loss of Mayfield a little bit, especially with you know such a talented backup in Kyler Murray. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do, kind of with a full season as the starter. Um, but other than that, not a lot to take away. Um, C.D. Lamb had a nice game for Oklahoma, four catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Another true freshman uh, who's played well this year, 6'1", 173 pounds, pretty good athlete, uh, has 741 yards receiving and seven touchdowns as a freshman. I think he's probably been the most impressive, at least, at least productive uh, freshman receiver in the country. Um, I really like this Oklahoma team. I'm excited to see what they can do this week against TCU, if they can pull it off again in the rematch. Um I think they're. I, I would personally probably put them at number one in the uh, in, in the rankings in my mind. I think they've been the most impressive team this year in the country. Yeah, just two quick things. David Sills did not catch a touchdown, which is sort of like breaking news alert. Uh, he did have three catches for seventy-seven yards, but failed to reach the end zone. Um, and one other guy that I wanted to touch on real quickly for Oklahoma is uh, freshman tight end Grant Calcaterra. Uh, he had two catches for 32 yards and a yeah. touchdown. He's obviously uh, kind of been – he's competing for snaps with Mark Andrews, who is, you know, a legitimate NFL prospect um, and who the Sooners are better off keeping him on the field at this point. But Calcaterra is a guy who, as quickly as next year, could kind of assume that star tight end role um, at a very young age. So he's a guy that I've – you know, he was – I'm pretty sure he was pretty highly recruited coming out of high school and – uh, he's shown some some ability, some limited uh, action this year. So he's a guy that I'll be keeping an eye on it's definitely next year because once Andrews is gone, I'm assuming he'll probably take over full-time duties at tight end in that high-powered offense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do next year as well. Uh, going back to the Big Ten real quick, Wisconsin did stay undefeated. Uh, them and UCF are the only two undefeated teams left in the country after Alabama lost this weekend. Uh, they knocked off Minnesota 31 to nothing. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries, 141 yards, and a touchdown like clockwork. Um, he, he deserves to be in New York. Um, I think I don't think he was named on the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award, which I was kind of surprised with. Um, I believe it was him. Uh, he was left off. I believe it was uh, Saquon Barkley, Rashad Penny, Bryce Love, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't think you can under you know understate what he did this year as a true freshman, um, leading rusher, 1,800 yards um, for one of the only undefeated teams in the country, the only major conference team undefeated. Um, you know, that's extremely impressive. Um, Troy Fumagalli caught a touchdown for Wisconsin. Alex Hornibrook, I believe he extends his winning streak of the starter to 19, 20 games. I think it's 20 games now. Um, he, he's been solid for Wisconsin the past two years. Um, 6'4", 215. I wouldn't be shocked if 
he got uh, you know a look in the NFL um, based on his size, based on his productivity. He's a winner. Um, those are the kind of things that a lot of NFL, a lot of NFL teams like. Um, he, he's not a bad quarterback. I, I'd like to kind of delve deeper into him over the offseason. Um, but I kind of see him more as an AJ McCarron type guy than a actual uh, you know starter in the NFL. But he's somebody who I think could get a shot. Um, on the Minnesota side, um, not a lot to be proud of. Only at 40 passing yards, held to 93 rushing yards. Um, overall, another great day for the Wisconsin Badger defense. Yeah, they they pretty much just handled Minnesota from the get. Um, you you know you you pretty much hit all the all the main points there. And Alex Hornibrook is you know he 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 does rank he he rates a 99 in the QB wins category. Um, and he has a high uh, a grit level as well, which are all good things that translate into the NFL. But in all deceptively fast as well. Yeah, but in all seriousness, I mean, when we, when we talk about these these college quarterbacks who who we discuss and we say like they have a chance to maybe be an AJ McCarron, and that's a fair you know that's not there's nothing anything wrong with that. But then you really have to think about it in relative terms of who some of the starting quarterbacks are in the NFL right now. And I'm not saying Alex Hornibrook could start in the NFL right now, but I'm not saying that he couldn't either. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, and there are a lot of guys that kind of fall into that category. It sounds ridiculous, but that's kind of just like the reality that we live in now. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with with looking at a guy like Hornibrook and kind of projecting where he could fit, you know, as a backup who could potentially play because crazy things happen in the NFL. So, I mean, if he keeps performing, if he plays well against Ohio State, and if they win, if they, you know, if they go deep into the playoff and he keeps playing well, why not? Yeah. Um, I know Geno Smith was a big road of his guy, but he's, he's starting for a team right now. Exactly. Um, if Geno can start, I think, you know, we have to give everybody a fair shot at this point. Absolutely. Um, last, last major game we're going to uh, talk about for the weekend was a top 25 matchup. Um, didn't really look that way over the course of the game though. Clemson knocked off South Carolina 34 to 10 at South Carolina. Um, pretty dominant performance from the Tigers all around. Um, South Carolina wasn't able to do anything until a couple late scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, main takeaway here for me for Clemson is uh, T. Higgins has really came on a strong the past two weeks. Uh, he had six catches for 178 yards and two touchdowns against the Citadel. I was like, okay, um, you know, highly touted prospect. Glad he finally got some run. Three catches for 84 yards this week, leading receiver for the Tigers, 28 yards per reception. Um, He's been looking good. He's a pretty physically dominant receiver, uh, 6'4", 200 pounds. Could stand to put on some weight, but he's somebody who's going to be um, their top receiver in the coming years. Hunter Renfro had a really nice long touchdown. Uh, he had four catches for 75 yards, two TDs. Um, the rushing attack was pretty balanced all around for Clemson. Um, Tavion Feaster only had six carries that have a touchdown. Travis Etienne, uh, leading rusher, 41 yards and a touchdown. Um I was I was pretty impressed with clubs in this game. I'll be interested to see um, what they do to Miami this week. Uh, we we're not going to touch on it, but Miami did lose to uh, to Pittsburgh on on Friday in what was just a really weird game. Um, I don't want to go go too deep into it, but um, so they fell to seventh this week after being number two. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it'll be a pretty even matchup between those two teams, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen on Saturday. 
I was I was honestly kind of surprised at how this Clemson South Carolina game went. Not necessarily the Clemson won, but I I kind of thought that the line pregame where where South Carolina was getting 13 and a half, 14 points, I kind of thought that was a little bit too big. Um I didn't end up actually betting on this game, but I absolutely would have taken South Carolina in that spot. Um it just kind of felt like a game that would be within double digit or within a single digit margin. And it absolutely was not. Um, like you said, South Carolina couldn't really get anything going offensively. Um, Brian Edwards wide receiver had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. It's a decent outing against a pretty tough defense, but I mean, that was pretty much the lone bright spot. And um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned T Higgins as well. Uh, he's a guy that was, you know, highly touted out of high school Um it's kind of taken him a while, I think, to get going in his freshman year. Um, but he's, you know, like you said, over the last two games, he's been their guy, uh, kind of supplanting Deion Kane as that big play, you know, that big play threat. Um, so it's it's good to see that chemistry with Kelly Bryant kind of looking like it's starting to form. Um, and like you said, Clemson, you know, it's it's again, it's all right in front of them if they if they handle Miami. Uh, they'll cruise in the playoff and and be in a really good position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson did hop up to number one this week after Alabama lost. So, like you said, they're in the they're in the driver's seat. Um, if they do lose, though, um, I will be interested to see what happens with them. Um, will they drop all the way out to five? I, I would assume so. But um, you know, will a two loss Ohio State get over a team like Clemson? We're not going to go back to hypothetical land. We've done enough of that. But um, uh, yeah, that, that's something that'll interest me. Uh, so before we get into the previews this week, just want to take a quick minute to talk about draft. Uh, if you love fantasy football, you need to try our new favorite app, which is draft. Uh, you can do a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no management. It's the best ball league. You just set it and forget it. Um, drafts are starting every couple minutes. You can even join one right now. The best part is you guys play for cold, hard cash, and they start from just $1 for a draft. Um, no salary caps. It's a real-life snake draft, what everybody loves from redraft leagues. Um so if you want to come and join Draft today, you can download the app at any time. Just search Draft in the App Store, or you can go to PlayDraft.com if you, uh, from your computer. Um, you can join a game in minutes. And for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Uh, just got to enter the promo code RVRADIO. So you get to play a real money game for free just for using that promo code RVRADIO on the first deposit. Um, so just search Draft in the App Store, go to PlayDraft.com, uh, use that promo code RVRADIO, and you'll be all set. And just real quickly, before we hop ahead, um, all those things you named about draft are great, but the best part about draft is, like you mentioned, you get to play Geno Smith. So, I mean, guys, if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, now's the perfect week to do it. It's it's Geno Smith revenge against the world, all everything game. So, you know, go hit draft up. Certainly. Geno Smith versus the Raiders, lock of the week. <laughs> Um, first game we're going to talk about, we're actually going to head out West. Um, we, we haven't touched on the PAC 12 a lot this year. I feel like the conference has kind of been down as a whole. Um, but the PAC 12 championship matchup is set uh, Stanford versus USC. Um, Stanford, another game we didn't, uh, I believe we previewed, but we didn't, um, recap it. Stanford, uh, looked really impressive against Notre Dame this week. Um, I, I watched a good amount of the, the game. Um, and, and KJ Costello, uh, particularly, was very impressive. Um, you know, Bryce Love was held in check somewhat. Um, I know his ankle uh, bothered him a little bit. Um, he had 125 yards, um, no touchdowns though. Um, 
Notre Dame, I think, kind of played themselves out of the playoff with that game. But um, if, if Costello can consistently, um, you know, do what he did against Notre Dame, which I, I think had one of the better defenses in the country coming to the game, um, I, I think Stanford can, you know, certainly pull this off against USC. They, they have a good defense. Um, their, their rush defense in particular um, is going to force uh, Sam Darnold to kind of win the game himself. Um, he's improved. Um, and USC has already knocked off Stanford 42 to 24. That was in September, but you know, we, we've touched on Darnold's uh, kind of inconsistencies before been really turnover prone this year. Stanford can, um, uh, kind of get a couple turnovers, milk the clock a lot, kind of shorten the game. I, I think they have a chance, uh, a pretty good chance. I'd say, um, USC is a three point favorite. I'm going to take Stanford in this one. I, I think Stanford, um, probably wins the game outright. Um, I, I'm just kind of really impressed with what they've been doing. They've been rolling as of late, um, you know, early in the season that they slipped up. I don't believe KJ Costello started against USC either. Um, you know, they, they, they lost a close game to Washington state, but I'm pretty sure they've won uh, every game he, he started for besides that Washington state game. Um, so I'll take Stanford. Um, I think this should be one of the, uh, you know, better games of the weekend, obviously loaded slate but this is the second closest line out of all the power five championship games yeah i'm I, those are all good points and like you said i think stanford found their quarterback and kj costello hopefully they stick with him um and like you said we've been talking a lot about sam darnold all year long but over his last seven games he did he he has become a little less turnover prone he's he has 15 touchdowns to just four interceptions over the last seven games so kind of closing out the season a little bit better than he started um, I actually, this is a really tough one. Obviously it's two, two pretty evenly matched teams. Um, but I think I'm going to lay the points and take USC. I think that they can probably do enough on offense. And I still really like Ronald Jones. I think he's, he's kind of the X factor and, um, you know, they always do have Steven Carr as well, a guy that we both like who can spell and, I think that USC can kind of get their running game going. And if they can do that, I think it takes pressure off Darnold. And I think that he can do enough to get the win. But I do anticipate this being a pretty close game. Um, I think that the three-point spread is pretty spot on. But I'll still lay the points and take USC. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will touch on there was uh, one pretty big Pac-12 coaching change. Jim Mora was out. and I know last week I kind of talked about Chip Kelly going to Florida. It turned out that didn't happen. Um, I think there was reports flying all over Twitter when we were recording the pod, but he actually uh, landed back at UCLA, back out on the West Coast. Um, and I believe Oregon State hired a coach today. I don't remember exactly who it was. I don't remember his name. I know he was the Washington uh, co-offensive coordinator, played at Oregon State. So every Pac-12 vacancy has been filled. And I think UCLA will take a little time to uh, rebound, but I think if anybody can do that, I think I think Kelly Chip Kelly can uh, probably do that. Yeah, I mean, it's at the very least, it's kind of a, a jolt of excitement for the program, his name recognition, and what he did at Oregon, obviously. Um, but like you said, I, I kind of agree. I think it'll take a little bit of time to get the talent base built back up. But um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Chip Kelly, so I'm, I'm pulling for him to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we're going to go back down south, talk about the SEC championship game. Uh, like I said, a rematch in this game, Georgia and Auburn. 
in Atlanta. What what's really gonna come down uh for this game again is just exactly what happened in the first game, I think. Can Jake Fromm um not look like a freshman? That's essentially all it comes down to. He really struggled in that Auburn game. Um so if, if he can play well, if Stidham can play up to the level that he's been playing the past two weeks, uh, past few weeks, excuse me, I think Auburn should probably run away with this game pretty handily like they did a couple weeks ago. Obviously, um, Georgia's going to be making a lot of adjustments. Um, Auburn will too. They, they'll both be able to go back and watch this game. Uh, Georgia will also be able to kind of see what um, Auburn did against Alabama, um, use a similar game plan. They're going to need to um, probably keep from clean a lot more in the pocket and expect them to roll him out more, uh, kind of give him a little more time to get the ball off. And if they could kind of open up the passing game a little bit um, and, and you know be able to work that run game of theirs, that is so, so good um, when it's clicking. Um, they should be able to win this game. Um, Auburn is probably the hottest team in the country, though. Um, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. If on Johnson plays, I'm going to say Auburn covers that. As of right now, I'd, I'd expect him to play. That That's what I'm hearing. So I, I am going to take Auburn uh, with the points. But if they don't have on Johnson, that's a huge loss. Um, I believe Cam Martin would be their, uh, would be their, their next back, uh, who was a transfer from, from Baylor uh, after everything went down there. Um, Cameron Petway is out for the season, uh, who was kind of their other big back with uh, Johnson. So um, running back depth is a concern for Auburn. But, you know, assuming, uh, you know, everything is true, what we've heard about Johnson, I am going to take Auburn. It's it's funny because that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say, too. I kind of touched on it earlier about on Johnson's um, health and availability being a big uh, factor in this matchup and I, I truly do believe that he's he's good enough and plays an inter- and enough of an integral role that he could swing this two and a half point spread I think he's that good um, I think that if he sits I kind of could see Georgia winning this game outright but I think that if he plays his his presence is enough to cover that two and a half point spread I, I think that this is you know, I don't anticipate it being anything like that 40 to 17 game that we saw three weeks ago. I think that Georgia will kind of get things reorganized to be able to at least hang. Um, but I'm I'm also going to take Auburn. Um, I think that they can probably win this by a touchdown, six points. Um, and especially if on Johnson is good to go. Uh, I still... You know, it's it's hard to bet against it's hard to bet against Auburn right now, considering what they've done the last couple of weeks and how they're just kind of rolling on both sides of the ball. So, uh, I'll agree with you and lay the points with Auburn. Um, gonna travel up the road a little bit to Charlotte, North Carolina. Miami is taking on Clemson. Clemson's nine and a half point favorites. Um, obviously that probably has a lot to do with um, Miami's performance last week against Pitt. Um, they lost, uh, I believe the final score was 24-14. Um, Malik Rozier got, got pulled late in the game, which was, was just bizarre. Uh, Mark Rick pulled him for a drive and then put him back in. Um, kind of shattered his confidence, I, I would assume. Um, I don't personally know over anything, but that, that would shatter most people's confidence. Um, and Miami's played so many close games this year, um, with the exception of you know a couple games, um, that Notre Dame game. 
um, in particular. You know, they, they were, were close against Virginia. Um, they, they solidly, I, I guess, solidly knocked off um, Virginia Tech. Those are the only two ranked teams they've beaten. But, you know, close game against Florida State, close game against Georgia Tech, close game against Syracuse, close game against North Carolina. Um, just kind of keeps going on. Um, I don't think Notre Dame is a top 10 type team. Um, same with Virginia Tech, obviously. Um, this Clemson team is clearly going to be the best team they, they've faced all year. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be up to the task with that. Um, if Rozier's confidence is shaken a little bit, um, I don't think that'll bode well for them at all. As long as uh, Kelly Bryant can kind of keep their, uh, you know, keep Clemson's offense going, Miami's defense doesn't do too much damage. Um, I think Clemson should win this game pretty handily. I'm going to take Clemson plus the points. Um, and I know uh, just came out today, Ahmad Richards, Miami's uh, second leading receiver, um, probably their most talented though. Um, he's out for the remainder of the season. I uh, believe it was an MCL. I don't know if he was an MCL. Their tight end, Christopher Herndon, who I also touched on uh, before, is also out for this game. Um, so those are two big blows to their offense, and I just, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to overcome that plus the lost pit. So I'm going to take Clemson um, minus nine and a half. And add on to all of that, all of those injuries that you just mentioned and that terrible performance against Pitt and Malik Rozier and, and being pulled. And then add on to that, they're facing Clemson's defense. Uh, <laughs> kind of a death march is what it's looking like. Um, I, I actually watched pretty much that whole Miami Pitt game. Um, I was back in southwestern Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving and um, some of my friends that lived in Pittsburgh were just absolutely going nuts, obviously, because, you know, that's a big deal for pit football. But, um, yeah, it was a very strange game. It was just a very flat performance, which I think we probably saw coming. It was an early game, um, you know, kind of an odd situation. It was cold, um, you know, sort of out of their element a bit. But it, to see to see Miami just come out and completely, completely flat for the whole game was kind of shocking. Um, I do think that they'll kind of bounce back a bit against Clemson, but I kind of agree with you there. It just feels like there's a lot of negatives lining up for Miami right now. And they're playing a team that is not the opponent you want to face when you have negatives lining up. And I think Clemson can probably take advantage. I could see Miami kind of struggling to move the ball. Um, so yeah, I generally, I don't, I don't enjoy betting on, favorites especially approaching double digits but i think this is kind of a, a different kind of case so i'll also take clemson minus nine and a half um yeah it's it just doesn't look great for miami right now mm-hmm. um we're gonna travel back down south again um oklahoma is gonna be facing tcu in the big 12 championship game um you kind of touched on this before tcu could kind of spoil oklahoma's playoff chances with this game um we did touch on Oklahoma before, uh, how well um, Rodney Anderson and Baker Mayfield have been um, down the stretch for both these teams. Um, TCU's been playing w- uh, well as of late, too. Um, they, they were close with Baylor. I believe they were tied 22-22 um, in, the, in the second quarter. Um, they scored 23 unanswered points and won that game handily, 45-22 this week. Uh, Kenny Hill looked pretty good. Um, they, they did lose to Oklahoma just two weeks ago, 38-20. Um, they also lost to Iowa State, just like Oklahoma. I, I can't really get a read on 
who or or what this TCU team really is. Um, we know the defense isn't great. Um, they, they've given up points to a lot of teams. They beat Oklahoma State, West Virginia, sure. Um, those are probably their two best wins. And, you know, Oklahoma State, while they're certainly a talented offense, that defense really isn't great. Um, and they're a team that's kind of struggled uh, of late. Um, I, I don't think TCU is they're 11th right now. I don't think they're the, the 11th best team in the country by any stretch. Um, I, I think they're kind of more in that 15-20 range. They just haven't played a ton of people. Um, Oklahoma beat them by 18 just three weeks ago, and they're only favored by seven. Um, Baker Mayfield's probably second or third last game in college, um, depending on if they win the playoff. He's going to want to go out with a bang. Um, and like I said, that TCU defense just really isn't anything special. I'm going to take Oklahoma minus seven. This is one of those lines where I'm surprised it's not just like a little bit higher, especially uh, it being at a neutral site. Yeah, this is this is extremely tough one for me as well to kind of get a read on. I think that, um, you know, just kind of looking at some of the S&P Plus numbers, um, TCU has actually been pretty efficient on defense. They actually rank seventh in the country in efficiency. But where they really do struggle is against explosive plays. They actually rank 120th in the country, and that does not line up well against Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, you look on the other side, and Oklahoma's defense is not that great either. Um, so I think the TCU can potentially take advantage of that and score some points here. Um, it's such a tough line. I, I think that I wouldn't feel right if I didn't bet one of these underdogs. So I'm going to take TCU uh, plus the seven. This is a really interesting matchup to me because I, I just, my brain is having a hard time getting a real good read on it. Um, you know, the way Baker Mayfield plays, Oklahoma could win by three touchdowns, you know, or their defense could completely collapse and they could lose 52 to 51, you know, like it, it could, it, it could literally be either way. Um so in that situation, I'll just take the team getting the points and you know, keep my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for this game. Probably out of all these games, that's the game I'm least excited for, though, just personally. Um, obviously, I enjoy watching Baker, but I, I think either that or the Miami game will probably be um, the, the least close. Um, the, the last game we we're going to touch on up in Indianapolis, uh, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Ohio State's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, like we said before, Wisconsin is undefeated. Ohio State, two losses. Um, Ohio State's been playing well of late. Um, if JT Barrett isn't healthy, I would assume that would swing the line. Probably swing the line the other way for me, personally. <laughs> um, if Haskins played. But um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think that's a big factor for them. Um, but I, I'm kind of, I'm not totally surprised that Ohio State's favored in this game. But I, I believe in Wisconsin. Uh, they've made me a believer over the course of the past few weeks. Their their defense is extremely impressive. Um, I know Jim Leonard, their defensive coordinator, is up for the Broyles Award for the Assistant Coach of the Year. I, I think he should win that award. Um, what what that defense has been doing all year, um, the most points they've allowed are 24. Um, haven't allowed anybody else to hit over 17. Um, that, that's amazing. Um, playing in the Big Ten. Obviously, the Big Ten isn't known for its offense, but, you know, they've, they've done everything they've had to do against their schedule. Um, they're undefeated right now. I, I would assume they're going to keep rolling. 
Um, if they can kind of slow the game down, um, kind of similar to what I said with Stanford, pound the ball with Jonathan Taylor um, against an Ohio State team that, um, you know, that Michigan game was a real slugfest for them. Um, I, I know Barrett got banged up. Weber was a little banged up. Believe some of their defenders. Uh, I don't think they left the game at all. I think they came back in. But you know, I, I know a couple of them went down uh, with injuries. Um, that was a real hard-hit game, hard, hard-fought hard game. Um, I think it's going to, you know, it probably took a little bit out of them. Um, the offense is, um, you know, one of the best in the country, but I don't think they've played a defense uh, close to Wisconsin's level. Um, maybe Michigan uh, or, or Iowa are, are the, you know, two closest defenses. Um, I, don't, I don't think Penn, Penn State's that defense is that great. Um, but those, those two games, they kind of struggled offensively. Um, so I, I think uh, it's, it's going to be a struggle all game for them. Um, this, I think, is the most evenly matched game, either this or Georgia-Auburn, Georgia um, at least in terms of you know, talent. Um, I, I really like both these teams a lot, but I think Wisconsin will pull it out. I'll take Wisconsin plus five and a half. Um, and I like this. You do have down in our notes to Wayne Haskins equals Cardell Jones circa 2014. Um, <laughs> I hope he, he's not exactly what Cardell Jones panned out to be, um, but I know exactly what you mean. I, I think if he comes in, I think this is kind of his moment if he does come in and play. Um, if he if he ends up starting this game, I'm going to be very excited to see what he can do against this Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, when I put this when I put the show sheet together, that was uh, a couple days ago, and it was before I kind of knew what was happening with um, JT Barrett. So I don't think we're going to be able to play play that game necessarily because I think Barrett will will start uh, depending on how his knee reacts, and you know, see what happens. Haskins might be able to come in and play, but. I'm pretty excited for this game, to be honest. I mean, I Wisconsin is a team that I personally haven't been able to watch a ton of this year. Um, but like you said, you just hit on a bunch of great points. Like their defense is just so good. I mean, they, you know, referencing back to S&P Plus, they are the number one ranked overall defense in the country, according to S&P Plus. Um, they've just been that good. And, and Ohio State, I think, you know, they're obviously talented. They, they will always be talented, but I think that there are questions and it starts with the quarterback position like we talked about. And, you know, if you show any weakness, I think this the Wisconsin defense is good enough to exploit it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited, actually, to take Wisconsin getting points in this spot. Um, I think that this, you know, I could easily see Wisconsin winning outright, uh, so I will definitely take Wisconsin getting five and a half here. Um, and yeah, I'm just pretty excited to see this game and be able to put my sole attention on Wisconsin kind of for the first time all year. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to do it for our previews. Uh, we're going to get to our, our last upset picks of the, I guess, regular season. Still, you have a regular season game down here that was rescheduled. Um, I, man, if, if this team loses that game, I don't think they will. (laughs) That'd be so it make make me laugh, um, and we can kind of touch on their their head coach too if you want to after uh, you talk about your upset. Yeah, so this so this pick isn't necessarily a, a money line pick. This is more so covering the spread, but It'd pay a lot. Yes, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't you know if you got the money, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> tell you not to. But um, UL Monroe is is playing Florida State. Like you said, it's uh, a makeup game. 
uh, from Irma. Is that is that the week yeah, game it was? I think it was Irma. Yeah. yeah. So so one of the early season weather disasters that we had this year. Um, UL Monroe is getting twenty six and a half points here. Um, so the reason why I like this game is twofold. Um, I, I always like to reference S and P plus. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's it's a really good metric for college football. And each week, you know, you can kind of cruise to their site. They give you a projected score margin, you know, projected score, projected margin. Florida State is projected to win this game by 8.7 points. They are points. To me, that's a good bit of value. And that's not even factoring in the turmoil and everything that's going on at Florida State right now with Jimbo Fisher, who is still the head coach, correct? As of right now. He is still the head coach. Yeah, I know. uh... Texas A&M is supposed to have a meeting tomorrow with yep. their board of regents uh, discussing the head coach's future with the search, and he, he is their top target. Um, that, so, would be, that would be something. Exactly. So, and and we're not, you know, we're obviously not saying we have insider information, but I also don't know exactly what the state of that locker room is. The season is obviously completely lost. It's been a huge disappointment. Um and, you know, not necessarily saying they're going to roll over for UL Monroe, but do I see them winning by 27 points? Probably not. So um, on, a, on a kind of limited slate of games to pick upsets with on, on this week, that's one I feel pretty good about. Yeah, um, I, I really think it's funny that Florida State rescheduled this game um, in an effort <laughs> to get bowl eligible. Um, just the, the fact that that has to be said with the team that was number two in the country. Um coming into the week or coming to the year, excuse me, is uh, something else. Um, I think you might be seeing the same thing um, in college basketball too. I know it's kind of unrelated, but Arizona was number two and they dropped from two to unranked in the span of one week. So maybe you don't want to be ranked number two in college sports anymore. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, Um, that's something else. Um, My game kind of similar to yours with the S and P plus, uh, Fresno State is ranked 26. Boise State's ranked 29. Fresno State did just beat Boise State last week, um, and now they're they're playing them again this week at Boise State in the Mountain West Championship. They're 10 point underdogs. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if they're going to win this game. Um, it is at Boise, but that they just knocked off this exact same team last week, and to be 10 point underdogs, I think um, it, it's a little bit of a weird weird line in my mind um s&p plus gives boise state a 53 percent chance to win um so again not um they're not favored but i I think um that this should be a closer spread um just based off what happened last week um and jeff tedford has done a, a tremendous job at fresno state this year um we haven't really talked about them at all but um kind of a team that's really rebounded um they're ranked 25th in the nation now so Shout out to Fresno State. Um, best of luck against Boise State this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Fresno is a team that's been really good to me this year. Uh, so I I will never stop anyone from betting for, uh, Fresno State because they're just low-key a really good team. Um, and like you said, this game is being played at Boise State. Um which makes it a little bit tougher. Like last week when I took Fresno for this upset pick against Boise, I thought that Boise being away from home would swing things a good bit. And it kind of turned out that way. Now going back home, I think that 
my gut kind of tells me it's sort of aligned with you. I think that Boise does win this game, but the double-digit spread seems a little bit excessive. Uh, so I, I definitely like this pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode of the College Football Show. Uh, for Jordan, again, he's on Twitter at jhoover9787. I'm Kyle on Twitter at kylepollockff. And thanks so much for tuning in. Later, y'all. Thank you for listening to the College Football Show, a Rotoviz Radio podcast. Our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as turbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.